Hello and welcome back to the Big Wrangle Podcast. I did miss the last episode because I am a fool, but I'm here again once more to grace you with my glorious presence. Thank you. Uh, my name is Ethan. I am here. Does anyone else wish to introduce themselves? <sighs> Hello. Um, my name's Kai. Um, I'm quite warm because I'm in a fleece right now. In the Skype call, we've got seven people. And that's quite a lot of people, so it might get confusing. So if you'd like to make a noise to indicate who you are when you're speaking, then now's the time to do that. But don't worry, because I'm sure we'll figure it out later if you don't want to. Tommy normally does a funny noise. So mm. <gasps> There it is. Oh, he did it. That was Tommy, everyone. Classic Tommy joke there. Ooh. It wasn't a joke, guy. The American. Hi. This is the new person. Hello. Hello. They're American. <laughs> is your profile picture a crap, by the way? No, it's an orange. Like, I saw it on, like, Pinterest, and I thought it was really cute, so I just, like, used it as my profile picture. I can see far too many fingers, and it's slightly unnerving, but... Just look I'm at glad your own hands and you'll be shocked, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> There's too okay. many fingers. Okay. Cool beans. Um, in this podcast, we're going to freaking talk about. F- oh no, yeah, fa- fast fashion. But we're going to talk about that second. The first thing we're going to talk about is A level results because we've had a little bit of a U turn since we last did a podcast. Um, <laughs> we l- last week we did a podcast talking about the algorithm and shit, and then like the day after, they like <laughs> binned it. So it was kind of a a shame that we talked about that when it's not um, going to be included in our results but maybe it's they'll fine. use it it's like, a, it's like a time capsule of people's opinions before it happened yes that's very true so um the current situation and i'm not going to generalize to america because i have no fucking clue what they're doing over there i generally have no idea how the school system even works over there um but the big the big switcheroo was that before they'd use an algorithm a little robot to see what grade you got but now they're using what the teachers think you would have got. And loads of people are happy with that, but then a few people are in a bit of a pickle because of it. <sighs> so, um... Actually, no, people aren't really in a pickle about it. The, the, the people who are in a pickle are the unis, so... Like, because of Covid, um, universities can't accept as many people as they did before, because you can't really do social distancing with like a full um, full accommodation block. But now with this, it means that more, a lot more people are coming into university than they thought they would because um, CACs are more generous than, um, than you are likely to get in the exams. So basically more people are coming into university. Um, do, do people have any negative thoughts about CACs? Just just thinking about them because it seems like it's uh, an all straight upgrade from the algorithm I don't, I don't i genuinely don't know if people have any thoughts on them just as hello it is boris johnson in disguise here representing the government um i think the thing in defense of uh, in opposition to this u-turn is that the argument is that it devalues other years results because like I, I only saw one stat, but most of the stats follow like this, where like the GCSE passes 
this year were like 80%, whereas last year it was like 68% or something. So that would be one opposition to just letting teachers give whatever grades they feel their pupils would have got. Yes. This, that's very, very true. And the whole purpose of the algorithm was to get rid of the issue that you just explained. And, and I think it's because it was so last minute and things, and because so many people were upset, they just completely got rid of that because the only reason that they had the algorithm was to get rid of that issue, but now just using teacher predictions means that that is an issue. Um, so, do people think that there's any place for a small amount of moderation, or do you think that, because I mean, next year hopefully this won't happen again, but if something like this does happen, is there any place for moderation in... Um, giving people grades or should it only ever just be um, teacher predictions because there is the issue of it being compared to other years and some years being benefited by it or some years like it would have been with the moderation um, like if they stuck to the moderation our year would have shit grades compared to everyone else so getting jobs and stuff just based on A levels would be a lot harder so is there any place for like a smidge of moderation I think there is a place for some moderation. I think just with this year, because everything was so off the cuff and at the last minute, the way they moderated was generally unfair. But I think, obviously, no one wants it to happen again, obviously. But if it would, I think a lot more thought and preparation would have to go into the way they used moderation. But I think some form of it would probably be good. And are you thinking that, obviously not to the extent that it was, but... You, you think that, that that grades do have to be lowered a little bit in that, not just... Um, well, yeah. I don't do know, it's a hard one. Because on one hand, the teachers are the people who are probably most likely to know what the students would have got given they've been with them and they've been teaching them. Yeah. But I think so many people are up in arms saying that they're going to be so high. I think to sort of please the most amount of people you can it would require some form of moderation so people didn't get too poor grades but also they weren't skyrocketed that's fair one of the spooky things about this moderation thing um and you didn't it didn't really like seem like that bad of a thing until you like really realize what it actually means so like quite a few people have been downgraded to u grades and typically U-grades are for when you don't turn up or, for example, if, like, your dog dies on the day of the exam and you're just in a complete, like, your mindset's completely gone for um, performing well in exams. And the, I mean, what they're essentially doing by awarding some people U-grades is that, like, a certain, a certain percentage of the population will simply just get unlucky with something bad happening. Um, and what the government's doing by assigning certain people U grades is it means that, like, <laughs> we're just assuming that some people government have to be assigned unlucky. tragedy. Yeah, is is that a thing that should happen to like make sure that, <laughs> like, I I'm confused with it on several points, but the main thing I'm confused about is like, why do we have to follow a statistical trend when like? it's entirely possible for a year to suddenly bump up or a year to suddenly fall down. Like, I, I don't I don't quite get where it's like, oh, we have to be following the trend, or it's like, 
but we also could have had a year where people were doing better or people were doing worse, and that's fine. I don't see why that's suddenly like like if they were following based on how the students were going to do and like this is the most accurate prediction and it's like twenty percent of the grades are higher than normal across the board. I don't see why that would be a problem if that's accurate. Obviously, the issue probably does come into whether or not it is accurate, and that's what I understand. But people saying it's not accurate because it doesn't fit the statistics, or oh, it doesn't follow the trend. That's where I'm confused. Well, it's just that twelve percent is extremely high, and it doesn't happen in reality. So but it has it, the potential to. Like it's 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 likely. You, I mean, it's potential that every whatever one one year is like twice as smart than the, the previous year, but it doesn't happen in reality. Yeah, but you have to consider that, like, also our year is a turning point with a lot of changes in examinations as well. So, like, it's recent changes that have been done to the system and the testing, which means that this year was already going to be a statistical anomaly based on what happened. I mean, that happened to us in GCSE, so it's likely it carries over to A-levels as well, because there's still changes happening to it. So it's, in my mind, I think it's still feasible that there's things that could have changed differently up or down because we did just move the system but my main point is like what is the problem with well a separate point what is the problem with it being 12% higher if that's what people got there shouldn't really be a problem with more people being smart that should be a good thing well no cause yeah that was one of the main where's oh, Rafty um what I was going to say, no, it's because it's not more people being smart. It's the same people being smart, but those people getting higher grades, which is the problem because it's comparison to other years. But what's what's wrong with higher grades? Because in other years they just get a big disadvantage because we're their employers are going to think we're smarter than them when in reality we're not. That's well, It's the same, uh, like. The same like principles and ethics, and not ethics, just like the same like justifications, uh, come into how Ofqual changes the grade boundaries so that ten percent of people get um, an A star, and the whole like keeping people consistent. That's why they change the grade boundaries each year. So if it's like a really easy paper, then not everyone gets an A star. Do people think that that's a thing that actually should happen? The only reason that I don't want to keep talking about it. Or like, listen, no, not, obviously you keep talking about the topic, but I mean, personally, the only points I can think of, they tie more into the fact that I think that there's problems inherent with how grades are valued, and it's like, it's an arbitrary thing, it's not like an accurate level of how much someone knows or how capable they are to work, it's just, like, where did you lie on the statistic graph on people who did this test, and it doesn't, it isn't like an accurate description of how well you can do X, Y, or Z. Obviously it does help, um like, you know, train people to learn things, but I personally think that there's issues that are different to what's going on currently that affects it, but that goes way too off topic for me to talk about it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring them up. Um unless anyone has anything to say, I, I don't agree that that is off topic because Oh um like Oh right, okay. So um oh yeah. So like just taking example um, at Excel psychology, it's acknowledged by the teachers and just everyone who takes it that a certain percentage of what you have to learn is how to take the exam and like how to get marks. Because you could be, you could have all the knowledge, you could have a degree in psychology, but if you didn't know what a certain question meant, then 
there's just no way that you'll get the marks because if you say like analyze this study there are certain things you have to talk about and that's what analyzing means but then a degree level person might talk about slightly different things so it's just a fact that in order to um like succeed in a in an exam you have to like know how to take it and i guess it leads on to the kind of idea that like you've got two years of learning about a subject and it's all boiled down you're like success in a lot of subjects is boiled down into taking two exams and it's just a bit spooky because like coursework has been a lot it was, it was quite prevalent in a lot of the previous um years but now it's been mostly ruled out do people think that boiling down your qualification into just taking two exams is a bit too extreme and that there should be more coursework or like something else to like not make it just two four-hour things of your life all done from two years i would advocate for coursework i believe it's more accurate of a presentation of how someone could consistently work over a long period of time which reflects more accurately how you would work in a workplace or on projects or anything in life because not anything almost almost nothing is going to be a single four hour two hour one hour however long sitting of work which determines a whole month's worth of projects obviously there's exceptions but i feel like in general you're going to need consistent good performance no matter where you are in life um then that you can do whatever you want the entire for like three months and then for two hours a day you just try hard and it's like oh yeah okay well you did good on these two hours so the last three months of your shit performance you're assessed a nine out of ten on the company scale or whatever you know um i yeah i i feel like like more things over a long period of time would be more reflective of how how you would work but i also understand that, that would also disadvantage people myself included because i always clutch when it comes to tests I do much better at the end of the year, even if much better is a grade above from E. Like, I, I always seem to go up rather than, because, like, my consistently I perform kind of shit and then I go up. And that happened at GCSE and that happened again at A level. So I'm aware that that would negatively affect people, but I feel like it would be more accurate and that would give grades more value. But again, it ties into the whole thing of grades are being given like an arbitrary worth which doesn't necessarily reflect how people are in my opinion and i feel like that's not the best way but i don't know a way to improve said system so i can't really say you should do this instead it just feels wrong to me yeah that makes sense yeah um, i say with exams as well if no sorry if because exams are so different for so many people because if you happen to have one that has all the subjects that you personally excel at, then you're going to find it easier than someone where that's not their speciality. But because there's always such a mixture, the way, the amount that you improve is kind of dependent on what topics happen to come up. Whereas if you showed that throughout your two years or one years or however long, consistently you did all right, it's kind of marked instead of on whether that paper was for you or whether the wording you used was what the examination wanted rather than if you're consistently getting well on the topic overall. Mm. Yes. The amount of times that, like, I know... I think using maths, main example, there's, there's questions, there's, there's always questions that are designed to trip you up 
and those are like the differences between like a, like super high grades of like if you understand this question you move up but because my brain is smooth I know how to answer those questions if the question would be worded differently but because it's worded in a way that's designed to trip you up and I am a brainlet it always trips me up because I always like interpret it wrong and I hate that and that's a personal gripe and obviously I could probably spend time learning on it to improve yeah you know just get good but it's the fact that like it's designed to fuck you up and it's like but I it like I could reflect my knowledge if I understood the question but because the question is arbitrarily designed to be difficult to understand I, bruh, yeah don't like it I'm just I'm mostly just ranting about personal experience I don't <laughs> like those questions because it's wrong brain understands things yeah. wrong the thing I'd say was, if you go into, I don't know, the workplace or an apprenticeship or whatever, where you're using that topic as your skill, if one thing happens to slip your mind, I think it's unlikely that the people you're working for are like, no, you can't check that out. You cannot go and double check yourself. But whereas if that happens in an exam, you're like, right, well, I cannot do that question. Whereas if that's in real life, you'd have the opportunity to double check what you know. Yeah. Very true. It has to be said that BTECs are an option in all of this. So like, the option is True. there is an option to do a paytech and avoid all this. However, that also brings up the fact that BTECs are inherently valued less by everyone. <laughs> and you can't say you don't because you constantly make jokes about BTEC. So do I. <laughs> so, like, okay. the fact that what could arguably be a better system is valued less because it's not done in the same way. Which, why? Why is that? Why is BTEC valued less? I don't know. It's silly. Yeah. Um, I think... Sorry. sorry. Just one thing I find annoying whenever we talk about exams is when um, they always tell you to be you know, extra careful about your handwriting and how you answer questions because the moderators might be marking your test at three in the morning. <laughs> and it's like, why are they marking my test <laughs> at three in the morning? And, and then they try and they try and reassure you by by saying, oh, but like not just one person marks your test, it gets checked. I'm like, but probably all of them are overworked the same, so they could all be marking <laughs> tests at five in the morning, having had ten cups of coffee. And I don't think I want my future in that person's hands. You know? Yeah, marking tests is basically just, hey, do you want extra work for extra pay? And they do that on top of their already already overworked workload. It is it is kind of worrying that your future's up to a coin flip of whether or not they're lapsing in and out of consciousness because of lack of coffee <laughs> at fucking four a.m. Exactly. So it's just I don't have much faith. Not gonna lie. Sometimes you just lose faith when they, when just teachers casually tell you that. Oh, by the way, not only do you have to try and remember how to answer the questions and all the knowledge, but also bear in mind that someone might be struggling to read it anyway so just good luck <laughs> yeah so then instead of actually concentrating on the stuff that you need to put down and the information you're getting down you're thinking yeah but can someone fully understand it when, when it comes to handwriting <laughs> god it's also like people have different writing styles as well so they answer a question and like it, it's correct but if you could interpret that answer incorrectly so, like, you could lose marks because someone didn't either read it right or they didn't understand your answer, even though it's correct. 
it's like person dependent. But also, I'm just here to moan about handwriting because my handwriting sucks ass, and I've been constantly told this by my teachers. And leave me alone. Yes. Um, the the one kind of saving. I mean, is it a saving grace? I I do think that an important thing to think about as far as um, examiners being a bit unreliable is I do really like the thing where it's like um, the chief examiner will mark a test and then they'll just pop it into the one of the ones that the teachers are marking and if they like get it wildly out of like what it should have been marked then they'll all of the things that they've marked will get remarked by someone else who hasn't um, fucked up like that so it's a bit it's a bit nicer than just well, yeah. it being completely unmoderated. Of course, there but... has to be checks, but it's never going to be enough. No. There's not enough uh, money playing. Yeah. There's always going to be errors. They are sadly unavoidable. I guess there is always the whole thing of, like, you have the safety net of you can say, hey, can this be remarked outside of it and, like, actively request it. But people are doing things, and people are people, and ultimately there's always going to be mistakes. Otherwise, everyone would get 100% on tests, and this wouldn't even be a conversation that we're having. That's very true. Um, one thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about, like... I can't remember when you were talking about it, to be honest. But the whole, like... the f Oh yeah, no, yeah. When you were saying about, like, the weird questions that are kind of designed to trick you. Um, when I When I heard you talking about that, a way that I sort of like interpreted it as far as like how I deal with those kind of questions um, or like maybe the purpose of those kind of questions is that like certain questions like that it you just have to know how they're answered and you have to like have practiced um, answering them and that kind of thing some of them some of them are just like really shitty but a lot of them are um, you just have to put in lots of effort and like I don't know what people think about this but the kind of because it's it's like measuring like knowledge um the exams are measuring your knowledge but then also effort and could it be seen that like because not obviously you can't test your entire knowledge of a of a course you just do a snippet of it the the important thing that examiners really want to know is how much effort you've put in because it's not just about remembering knowledge otherwise it would just be like list all the stuff that you know about this study and then the more stuff that you list the more marks you get so effort is obviously um, important so could it be that like the fact that you have to know how to answer these tricky questions and stuff is like how your effort is measured how your effort is measured and it's just you just happen to be learning about um, this interesting subject which is useful later and it's more of an effort measurer than like a, a true knowledge test and that's what's important to like employers and universities and things I have things to say which are you can't measure effort whenever it comes into a question of understanding on a topic because someone could spend 10 hours doing all of the most perfect revision possible and they just don't understand it and they you know work their ass off and they get a B and someone else who's fucking giga brain comes in do one hour of revision before the test and that's all they've done in two years and they stroll out with an A star, Mister Mister Tommy Thurston over here. <laughs> you know, like so pointing they... thing at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's, it's like um, well, my, old, my old secondary school did it. They had effort grades, and I spent ten hours, <laughs> literally ten hours straight, on a project, 
it, it got like a B and I got an E, which is like you put in the necessary effort required. Whereas I know someone who did their project on the bus took them 15 minutes and because they were better at the subject than I was, they got an E plus, which is like the best effort grade. You can't measure effort based on grade because then you'll just say anyone who gets good grades put in more effort and people who got middling or less grades didn't put in effort when that's definitely not the case. Yeah. You have effort has to be something that you can only measure effort if you like give everyone a fucking timer like in chess and it's like hey press the clock when you start to revise and press it when you stop and your cumulative time will give you the effort grade. Like you can work your your ass off on something and if you're just not getting it or like you know you're you're going about it wrong or whatever's happening even if you're doing something perfect and it's just not clicking because that happens sometimes you can't measure effort off grade that is my main point sorry i'm annoyed and triggered from secondary yeah <laughs> secondary school memories um but no i think if you're measuring effort there's something else with regards to the questions being confusing and that being helpful i know in maths it's good because it tests problem solving skills um, because the wording of the question doesn't always, like, it's not the wording that's designed to throw you off, it's the question gives you information that tricks you into thinking you have enough to use a certain formula, but then you have to bring in other formulas of the same topic, um, to find out the rest of it to use that formula. So it tests how much, it tests, like, you know, your problem-solving skills in that regard, as well as your knowledge of the subject. Yeah, some of them can be absolutely ridiculous. Some of as, them can as, as can mark schemes. Mark schemes True. can be True. absolutely stupid. Mark schemes, when it comes to what hoops you have to jump through, can be ridiculously dumb. And like, if you get the question right, you don't get full marks solely because you didn't write down long multiplication. But I think, I think in from my in my personal experience, when it comes to questions designed to knock you up. Certain questions in maths can be quite good because it does test problem solving skills, which is an excellent thing to test. But in general, those kind of questions are just sort of designed to be an arbitrary barrier, in my opinion, because it's not testing knowledge. It's testing like it's not testing your knowledge of the subject. It's testing. Did your teacher teach you what this question means? Yes or no? <laughs> you know, like that. that's just can you can you say this how we want you to say it? Not do you know what we mean? Can you just parrot this correctly? That's what those questions usually feel like yeah. to me. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna have one more, one more reply to this conversation from me, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna ditch it because <laughs> it's it's melting my brain. Um, and this is and this is it. So, with your um, your example about the person on the bus to doing it in like 15 minutes and not having to give a shit kind of thing, that's that's like extremely unfair obviously and like maybe they're really rich and they've had like one-on-one -on -one tutoring with someone which has meant that they've like really talented or something or maybe they're just naturally talented and that's not very fair either oh. the... <laughs> yes Tommy um, the the thing that came into my head when you said all of that as far as effort and I feel like this is the sort of thing that like a teacher would say um, if you like brought up to them what you just said about it being unfair they'd say like um part of like putting in a lot of effort is doing the right things in effort as in like if you <laughs> if you said like um i'm gonna spend i'm gonna put lots of effort into finding you the best birthday present and then you <laughs> you buy like 
some chocolates from Lidl and then someone steals it off you and then you chase after them for 10,000 miles. That's a lot of effort and you found them the present, but it's not like really what they mean because it's not um, really, I think you know what I mean. So like part of knowing, um, part of like putting in lots of effort is like asking your teacher along the way, is this the right thing to do and am I doing it in the right way and that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I just think that like, obviously you can put in a lot of effort and like that effort can go towards the quote unquote wrong thing or like you know it's it's not the most effective use of your time but i just think that like there's 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 no accurate way to gauge how much effort someone's put into something really especially if you're basing it on grades because like i don't know man like it, it just feels like unless you're being watched 24 7 and also having your thoughts monitored there's no way to see how much time and energy you're putting into something really because you know even if you're not actively doing something towards it if you are still thinking about it you are putting effort towards it even though if it's a small amount that's still energy going towards the thing that you're working on um it's not just sitting down and actually actually like reading working from a book or going to classes or whatever so i i just don't think there's an accurate way um to measure effort but obviously yes there is what you said sorry god <laughs> I think it also can depend on what the teacher sees as effort as well as you were saying. For example, if the, if the teacher sort of really likes, for example, mind maps, you know, for revision, say we're looking at revision effort. But, so, you know, sometimes people don't really work with mind maps and loads of colours and flashcards. I mean, me, for example, I work through notes and online things. So it's sort of, I remember, do you remember for GCCs when you had to provide you know, evidence of revision? Oh, God, so I was yeah. making things like mind maps for no reason other than to look like I'd put in effort yes. for revision. Mm. It's, yeah. I don't work the way that they usually see effort as being put in. So unless unless they wanted like 50 screenshots of all the online stuff I'd done, which I don't think would have been useful. So it's, it's that's also another thing when putting in effort is that everyone can have their own way of doing things. Hmm. I remember doing that. And the most helpful thing, ironically, was just talking to my friend about the subject and asking each other questions. We didn't have flashcards or anything. It was just literally testing each other on what we knew and explaining it to one another. And that's it. We didn't produce anything. So there's no way, unless we fucking recorded for like the cumulative however many hours we talked about it to each other, there's no way to show the effort. So yeah, yeah that, that really does. That makes sense. And also flashbacks. <laughs> yes. And if everyone's at like a different knowledge level some people may need to put in so much effort just to understand the concept and get their heads around it but if someone already has like they're just i don't know naturally gifted at it they might have time to put effort into maybe preparing for the stupidly worded questions or something so their mm. effort can go towards that whereas someone who doesn't understand it as well has got to put all of their effort into getting that knowledge so people would be advantaged given what they're focusing their knowledge on yes that defo makes sense. <sighs> that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't. That's that is very true, and you 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 have changed my mind. So thank you, everyone. Uh, Breaking news has just come in. Apparently, for the first years and or second years in college, uh, all of the lessons are going to be double blocks. So there's only going to be one lesson uh, in the morning and one lesson in the afternoon. Um, so there's only going to be two blocks per day, apparently. Uh, so, you know, good luck with having two two-hour lessons every single day, because that will kill you, because God, are they so boring. 
slow. Yeah, I think it, it, it. I think it just reduces people moving around and keeps them all together. Yeah. So there's only two lessons you have to go through. Oh. That seems quite clever. I don't know if you have anyone has any thoughts on that. Personally, I would hate it because I hated double lessons because they were so. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped. I stopped being able to concentrate halfway through. But that's my own personal experience. Yes. Uh, the breaking news is pretty spicy. Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's fine. Spicy. Boris, twenty twenty. Double lessons. Wow. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, it'll be um, if you if you have like the the lunch in between them, you have time to like I don't know unfrazzle your brain for the next double lesson. Uh, so it'll, it'll be fine. I guess it's good. Yeah. Fair enough. Sorry, uh, you can now continue with the regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. I appreciated the breaking news. That so, the other thing, I, I don't know if this is much of a, an issue because I haven't really thought about it much. Um, as, as far as like, um, and this is the last thing that we're going to talk about CAGS wise before we move on to the other thing. Um, so, with CAGS, it meant that obviously a lot more people are going to university than was previously expected. Oh yeah, um, just just talk whenever you like, um, Blue, um, if you want to test your microphone, don't worry about that. Um, so obviously loads more people are coming to university than was expected. Um, a new thing that I've seen, I don't know if it's true, but I think it might be true, um, that universities are paying people to defer to next year because it's just so difficult for them. And even with the foreign students not being there, there still are too many um, people. Um, what? Because, like, I mean, we've got a couple of year ones in this um, call. How do you feel about the fact that, like, it's it's probably going to be a lot harder? Oh, Ali, Ali left. Um, how do you feel about the fact that, like, it's going to be harder to get in because it's going to be more competitive because, like, twenty percent of the places already been taken by us lot from either deferring last year or deferring because of COVID this year. Don't know if you, you want to have a thought on that or anyone else. I mean, um, from a year one point of view, it's obviously not too too great. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nice to not have increased competition, but um, I, I don't know. I think I think like there's lots of different factors, and it's kind of hard to game the system and be like, what's the odds of getting in? Because obviously you've got all the people deferring from this year but also you're going to have the absence of international students potentially because it's also uncertain about where everything's going to be so um i don't know you just got to go with it and you, you can't really game the system too much that's fair i would have thought unis would have been happy because they get money based on how many students they have enrolled so they would have been like oh give me all the students baby let's go money funding yeah <laughs> but i guess when they reach a certain point they can't physically cram them in anymore look if i can cram the students in as a, like a can of sardines and you give me 50 <laughs> quid for it you know i think it's pretty pretty obvious i can just kind of foresee like because obviously there's no getting around the fact that there's going to be a lot of people coming to going to university next year because like foreign students are going to be going in um who are going to come in this year who are going to be going in next year also people deferring there are tons of different factors um. Oh, what was the question that I was going to say? 
<laughs> I said that so confidently. Um, <laughs> um, oh, oh no, yeah, I can just kind of foresee that, like, so next year it's going to be like, say, like twenty percent of people can't get into university because of the extra competition. Are they then going to get moved on to the next year, and then it's just going to be twenty percent people who are fucked for the next year, and it just keeps on going forever? Or is there something to break the cycle that we should do, like making exams really hard? I don't know. I genuinely have no idea if there's a solution to that. I don't think it's that definite because not only is it, it is not just uni. Um, oh, oh, wait, boy. Ellie has to has to actually go rather than just leave because of mic issues, which is very sad. Um, but no, uh, Rain is finished because I interrupted myself. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, Kai, you've, you've, you've stopped me. Um, no, yeah, I don't think it's like a definite thing. Like, oh, 20% can't do this year. That's permanent now. Like, that, that, there's always going to be, like, a group of people that can't get in. Because, like, people always experience that every year. And I feel like this hiccup, it will still... It probably will have a knock-on effect, but I don't think it'll be massive. Because there are, like, people who go back to uni at, like, older ages as well as foreign students, as they said, which is a very good point. Um, that'll pro- that, that's probably going to be enough to fill the gap if people are too scared to go abroad then, or they literally can't because it's illegal then they'll just have more people coming in from home so I, I don't know, I don't feel like it'll be that definite I feel like that's a bit like extremist is yes. the worst probably word to use but you know what I mean I know what you mean, don't worry I wonder <clears> if it might make people consider things that they wouldn't necessarily have done. Sorry, that's my cat. <laughs> I don't know what is up with them. shut up. Okay. Come to me, I can Oh no, I wanted to hit a cat more. Now I'm sad. Give your cat the microphone. You want to hear <laughs> their thoughts. <laughs> you want to hear their opinion. I might be wrong. What I was going to say is I wonder if it might make people consider things other than universities they might not have done in other years. Like, so you kind of steered towards university, but if that's not as much of an option, I wonder if they're like, oh, well, maybe they will consider apprenticeship or job or something. It might not, but it would just be interesting to see if it would. That's valid. I feel like that that, that's, that has a likelihood of happening. Um, yeah, you definitely are steered towards university. Jesus Christ. They are so hard at pushing you to, into uni. It is ridiculous. Yeah. 100%. I mean, the other thing is, like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the other thing is, like, um, I know some unis, like, you said, Kai, they're literally paying people to defer, but, I mean, if I was in the year above, going to uni isn't an ideal thing this year, but, like, neither is a gap year, because there's not all that much stuff going on, and, like, also, all your friends would be going to uni, or, like, some of your friends might go to uni, and you'd just be back for a year. So, like, I think, I don't know, because I'm not a year 13, I don't know if people are, like, keen to go to uni this year or defer, but I think it's not, like, as attractive an option as some people might make it out to defer this year. For a lot of people, it's course-dependent, because some people's courses, they're at a point where it's literally, yeah, like, you can't come in, so just pay us, and we'll, we'll, we'll Skype you once a week. And then, like, you can do the course yourself. Whereas for other people, they're still able to do the whole course. Um, so it's like, for the people who basically get next to none of the resources that they should have or normally would have been getting, um, 
or they feel like they're not getting those, then they, they defer. I know a couple of my friends doing that because they feel like it's not worth paying the money because they can't go in, they can't, they don't have access to all of the things that the uni offers because, you know, only like two people are allowed in the entire building at once, so you just feasibly can't use it. Yeah. Um, whereas for myself, I'm fairly certain I'm still allowed to use all the resources available and to go into the uni, so it's going to be pretty much the same, even if it is online. Yeah, there are definitely like a billion factors for this, because like, the redeeming thing is that you're eight or ten people who you're in your accommodation with, you don't have to be socially distant from them, and I think that's extremely good. But then for the practical, um, more practical uh, degrees like music, I can't think of any others, but music, obviously, that's just like... I, they are still going ahead with some music courses, but I can't. But from hearing about opinions from music people, it just sounds like it's going to be terrible and not at all a good thing. But then, like deferring there aren't going to be any jobs because we're in a recession and what is there to do because covid so there there are a few people deferring on this um, in this call i don't know what people think about like what they're going to do with their time if they were planning to and now that they their plans have changed because because of covid or now they're suddenly deferring and they're not really sure what they're going to do don't know if people have any thoughts about that. Specifically someone that I'm looking at their avatar. What, me? Well, I'm, I'm not deferring. Which you should know. I'm, I was taking a gap year before yeah, yeah. all of this. Um, and I was going to go travelling, but oh. I have no idea what I'm going to do now. At the moment, I'm just going to revise for resetting chemistry um, in October. And then see what happens with travel, um, and I don't know, cry. Okay. <laughs> just sit at home and just, just, just sit and just <laughs> look down and just be like, well, yeah. I guess that's the main point you were bringing up, though. It's like you don't know what the fuck you're gonna do. So, <laughs> like, your plans are kind of scuffed. So, people who were deferring or people who are taking a gap year now. Like, their plans are just as fucked as people who are going to uni anyways, because a lot of the time people are like, oh, I'm going to take a gap here and travel the world. And it's like, <laughs> well, you can go to Bristol, and then you'll have to, like, stay at home for a week. So, you know, kind of fuck there, mate. Yes. Um, yeah, it's... Everyone's <laughs> fucked. Do you know any more about how that's going to work, Tommy? Because you said you were, res you were not resetting, you were sitting the exams. Um, in autumn. Do you know anything more about that, how that's working? Um, I don't know, it's just like a normal exam, I guess. I revise mostly on my own um, to turn up and do it. But is it like you go back to college and you do call it online lessons with other year twos or other year ones kind of thing? I'm not entirely sure because it didn't say. Um, I don't think so. I think They said they'll contact me soon with like extra resources. I I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna sit in the back of the English class and do some chemistry while you guys just do your thing. Well, I mean, I don't really want to go in because I think I can just do it by myself at home. Yeah. Hopefully, I can just do that. I believe you. To be fair. Well, I guess the the option would have been summer classes, but you know, yeah. that's kind of a no no, and also summer's kind of almost over in terms of holiday wise. So. Mm. Um, yeah. Do any year ones know what's going to happen on the first day of college? Because I still 
don't really have a clue. And I don't want to just walk in and it turned out the first day is online or something. <laughs> we got an email like yesterday, um, which is the first email we've had since the end of term, which said a little bit. Um, but we haven't had our timetables yet. But it's all it's all in person. But we haven't had our timetable. Really? So, yeah, and and you don't you don't have to wear a face mask apparently either. Um, <laughs> so, there we are. But yeah, we got we got an email with this the other you day. You can't you can't visit your friend at home, but you can mingle <laughs> with about seventeen different groups of people in college. Yeah, great. Yeah, I I'm pretty. Like it would just be like my first day of college because I enrolled late because I was away on the enrollment day. So my first day of college was. Come in at a time that I hope is okay, and it turns out I missed my first lesson, and I had to get my timetable on the first day of college, and I was just very confused. That's so I just sad. had no idea what was going on, because yeah, I didn't have my timetable or anything, so I was just hoping, please tell me I haven't missed a lesson, because I was told to come in at 11. Oh, and they changed the venue for me as well. I was told to go to London Road the whole time, and then I think just a bit before college started they're like oh no no go to welshbridge campus you know, they're not exactly close to each other yeah this sounds like it's just going to be the first day all over again nice yes i think it has been an official thing i think you said it ages ago but i think mr what was his name like david williamson or gavin gavin williamson Mm-hmm. Um, education minister bloke I think he did say that he wants everyone back to school by September and it doesn't sound like they're doing very much because like I don't know why they just wouldn't make you have face masks that just doesn't make sense given that that's or maybe they're being optimistic that by then COVID will be a lot better and something I don't know I don't think they know either to be fair <sighs> pickle it's a big pickle Okay. I mean, the only thing they are doing is teachers like, well, they're doing a lot of cleaning. They talked a lot about cleaning in the email. Um, and also the, the teachers have like a, the teachers have a two meter social distance zone, but the, I don't think the class has to social distance. I'm pretty what? sure But the, the teacher does have their own little zone. I think that's how it's going to work. One thing I don't understand is, should they not have been cleaning before? <laughs> like, every time people are like, oh yeah, we've got the cleaning, it's like, isn't this just to the standard you should not You should already have been hitting? Like, is that not the whole purpose of hiring cleaners? Because it seems like they don't clean half the time. You ever felt the underside of a table in a secondary school? It's moist and lumpy and disgusting and full of chewing gum. It's like, you pay cleaners. But there's been a stain on the carpet for two years now, and nothing has happened. And like, why? Yeah. Well, obviously they're upping it, but still, the, my point still stands. They're seeming so more relaxed than they are at uni. Do you think it's weird? Because at college and school and everything, you're all coming from different families and then going completely different places. Where at uni, you, most people are on campus. But uni seems so more strict about restrictions yeah. than schools and colleges do. I guess it's because like they're adults, and that means they're more liable or something like that. I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. people I in college it's... are going to be doing more mingling, so they're going to be interacting with more people because colleges are usually busier, 
and like you'd only really interact with like your class and that's pretty much it because uni campuses aren't nearly as busy as colleges because they usually have a lot more people so like i don't know thinking about it yeah i have no clue <laughs> <laughs> and i think they came to the same conclusion as well yeah because they like made a whole big thing about yeah everyone's going to be going out to school guys but then i suppose we are still going back but no, because then we're still having some online lessons. It it just doesn't make sense why they're making a difference. Who knows? Definitely not them. That's the thing. <coughs> cool beans. Um, I think we've gone through everything that I had written down about that topic, which is very nice. Doesn't often happen. Oh, actually, no. Um, there was there was one small thing. Um, I don't know if people have any thoughts about it. With like CAGs. And the teacher predictions, they are still technically moderated a little bit, as in, like, they have to be ranked and stuff. And I don't know what evidence they use and what evidence is prioritised and that kind of thing. And there are stu- there are a few people whose um, teacher predictions aren't what they wanted to be or what they're expecting. I don't know. And I think the, the teacher prediction appeal route is, like, the very minimal one where it's, like, if your college burnt down and so all your mocks were destroyed or that kind of thing. What would be a good appeal route for a teacher prediction in y'all's opinion? If you can think of one. I can't think of one. Um, well, I mean, there doesn't seem to be an obvious answer to that, because obviously teachers know us well. There isn't anyone who knows us better. It's, and I mean, like, mocks, they mock appeal route, but that is also scuffed. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know any other way you could do it. Because I was thinking, like, um, because, like, oh, well, I mean, this is just the same for everyone. You, you, you haven't been going, you haven't been, no one's been, like, properly sucking up to teachers like they would have done if they'd known that this was happening. And, like, I, there was, um, in psychology, you're asked to make some notes and, like, every week or so to, like, prove you're revising, and they were, like, terrible resources, in my opinion. Um, so I didn't, do them properly, but I spent most of my effort doing revision notes in the form that I felt actually beneficial. But like, I never properly showed my teacher the extent of that. So, because like, because and that was the other thing. Like, with mocks and things, even though I did study quite well, like fairly hard for them, my priority was making sure that my notes and stuff were up to standard for the real ones, rather than spending all this effort revising for a thing that which I'll forget by the time that I actually need to remember it and then I just need to have the notes to then revise from and that's going to kind of skew things and teachers won't necessarily know that and that kind of thing but then that just means that there isn't any evidence to support why you think you should um, do well so I guess it's kind of just... The difficulty is you're gearing up for a single day which matters and then before that day shows up and you spend all your effort fucking fine-tuning yourself for this two-hour grind to determine your entire grade, and they turn around and say, actually, we're not doing that. We're going to grade you as if you were doing coursework this whole time. And it's like, well, wait, hold on, fuck, because I wasn't putting effort <laughs> into my homework, or I wasn't putting effort into this, that, and the other. I was doing stuff to make my grade good on this. So, like, you've just basically cucked me. So, like, if you knew that this was going to happen, obviously you would have done something different. 
so there's there's no way to gauge like after you've you know it, it's like imagine if you were doing that in coursework like you just kind of do like air eh, throughout the entire time and then it comes to the last like final major project or whatever it's called and you fucking like smash it out of the park and you do really well but overall your grade is garbage because you just didn't do any work for the rest of it that like or work for those projects because you were learning skills for your final one so whilst you were still learning it's just not what you should have been quote unquote at that time yeah yeah I think it's a bit of a paradox and I think you just kind of have to hope that exams are going to happen but then sometimes they don't so hopefully Covid won't happen again or nothing like Covid will happen again and we'll have to act as if that's the case. It's easy to say, oh, you just do everything that you're supposed to do, like the teachers suggested, and then you'll do fine. But people work in different ways, and there's no way to fully know what's going to happen, because, you know, no one expected this to happen when it came to our exams, otherwise I wouldn't have had a breakdown in year one. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, if you, everyone just thinks their own way, and sometimes that'll come back to bite you in the ass due to the fucking roll of the dice of the universe, and there's nothing you can do. <laughs> So, you know, you can prepare as much as you want, but you're never going to be fully prepared because something is always going to be unexpected. Hundred percent. And I think we're we're kind of going back to that thing that we were talking about before about like effort being measured arbitrarily by a four-hour sesh in the hall and that kind of thing. So it's a bit of a pickle. It is um, indeed a bit of a pickle, Rick. The funniest shit ooh. I've ever seen. Watch me try and contain my laughter. Um, season 5 of Rick and Morty is very good, by the way. Everyone should go watch it. Season Just saying. 5? I might do. Is that out? I'm talking about the latest season. I don't know if that was season 5. They're like, season four. They released like the second part of a season recently, and it was really good. I, 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 could, be t- I could be wrong. It might be season 4. I watched a couple episodes. I might have, might have watched the first half of it. I haven't seen the second half. All I remember is the heist episode, and that's it. It just that makes was, fun of was, was, yeah. generic heist movies. Good meme. <clears throat> okay, funny. okay. Big funnies. Um, Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that was a podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we hope to see you again soon. Uh, thank you, Kai, for organizing topics and being amazing. And thank you everyone for joining. Uh, yeah. Love you all. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Good Bye. Bye.